0: 好热 And welcome back to The Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who The Long Way Around The weekly podcast where we review and discuss Every episode of Doctor Who One Doctor at a time I'm Scott Corelli I'm Nick Menes,
1: And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson
0: Today on the show we'll be discussing The rest of The Censorites uh, Which is the first Doctor's Eighth story And uh, let's go ahead and kick it off Now with episode four The Sensorites. Part four: written by Peter R. Newman, directed by Mervyn Pinfield, produced by Verity Lambert, script edited by David Whitaker, air date 18th of July, 1964. The doctor suspects the aqueduct water caused Ian to collapse and that the disease the sensorites speak of isn't a disease but poison. While initially suspicious of the doctor, the sensorite elders ultimately decide to allow the doctor to try to cure the poisoning. The administrator is upset by this news because he believes the doctor is lying, and Ian is faking his illness to take advantage of the sensorites. When he tells the elders his theory, they decide to not allow the doctor into his TARDIS, but instead give him access to their own laboratory. This upsets the doctor, who shouts at them, which seems to cause them physical pain, but eventually, he reluctantly agrees. The scientists tell him that the water comes from a central supply, but is taken from 10 different districts. The doctor asks for water samples from each district and finds District 8 has traces of atropine. While the doctor prepares an antidote, the administrator kidnaps an elder and his family so he can steal his elder sash and prove that the doctor is not making an antidote, but a poison to wipe out the sensorites and harvest the sense sphere. The administrator soon proves his plan effective when he encounters a scientist who thinks him an elder. He tells the scientist to give him the antidote to give to Ian, and as soon as the scientist is out of sight, he smashes the test tube on the floor. If Ian gets better, he will know that the doctor has been lying, but if he dies, then the doctor will be proven true. A scientist escorts the doctor to the aqueduct to investigate the source of the poison. The doctor tells the scientist that he plans to enter the aqueduct. The scientist balks and warns him there are monsters inside. The doctor asks if they have ever seen the monster. The scientists say that they have only heard its roar. The doctor dismisses him, but speculates how convenient it is that the aqueduct is dark and noisy, two things the sensorites cannot tolerate. The scientist returns to the Elder and tells him the doctor has gone into the aqueduct. Believing the doctor to be in danger, Ian and Susan go to rescue him, despite Ian's illness. Deep inside the dark aqueduct, the doctor seems to have found what he suspected he would. Deadly nightshade. Just then, a terrifying roar echoes through the tunnel.
2: Ian, Ian lies retching on the floor.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> From this basic
2: schmuck water mm-hmm. <laughs> that the first leader was like, hey, wait, let me get the good water. <laughs>
0: too late he already he he already drank the schmuck water and
2: then the doctor like reads him and is like oh this is like what happened with carol and 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 mayfield not mayfield (laughs)
0: mayfield when does when does he bail when does he like die or midland yeah he left the episode and i never noticed (laughs) yeah that's the same thing happened with me i was like oh he's he's gone
1: What um, happened to him he stays with barbara i think um on the ship
0: oh because barbara's gone
1: too and i'm like oh that's when she had her barbara's gone because
0: wanted to take a couple weeks off so she's missing for episodes four and five and then comes back in six
1: didn't that happen to
0: caroline ford last season yep with the opposite yep and the season before that it happened with the doctor himself
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's on the ship with Barbara, and then like we never see him again.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Okay, cool. excellent. Great. Um, so presumably, uh, Barbara murdered him for food. <laughs> 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 presumably, that's what that's that's what she was doing while the actress was on vacation. Barbara, the character, uh, became a cannibal.
2: I was an Aztec
0: queen. <laughs> oh my Oh God. yeah, remember that in part one where they're just like, you're probably still uh, trying to figure out all that Aztec stuff, and she's like, No, I'm completely over. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. In one and out the other. Um uh so Carol kind of replaces Barbara in this episode and the next episode. And Carol, uh, Carol the character, not Carol Ann Ford, who plays <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Uh, Carol, the character, uh, pretty racist. Carol, racist Carol. That's what I'm going to call her. Um, there's that bit where she's talking to the censorite, and she's like, "Oh, she's I'm like, sorry. you know, funny thing about the censorites, if when you guys have your backs turned, I can't tell the difference between you. You know, you <laughs> could swap your uh, outf- little outfits around, and I have no idea who
2: each of you were." And he 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 says this to the, she says this to the first administrator, and he almost the guy who
0: hates them anyway.
2: Yeah. and He almost does kind of like a gym take to the
1: camera.
0: Right. <laughs> he almost like kind of turns to the camera. It's just like, well, definitely going to kill these people. They're racist.
1: I've never thought about that before. <laughs> he just waddles switching, off screen. <laughs> switching yeah. s- Switching
2: sashes, eh? And then, yeah, the next, yeah, we find out that his plan is to like take out the first elder or the second elder mm-hmm. and like steal his sash. And then, like Carol said, no one would notice
0: right (laughs) which is so ridiculous because they do all have different voices like i feel like the censorites would know would be able to tell the difference i don't know
1: you're not wrong i love that his um his logic though is just like well the common people only see us from afar and like nobody really talks (laughs) to me so like no one would know yeah (laughs) like
2: whoa what it's a real,
0: like, the prince common and, people, the
2: real prince and the popper, the
0: the schmucks who drink the schmuck water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it makes their eyes bad.
0: <laughs> they just all the you know. It just has to be a dimly lit room. Nobody would be able <laughs> to tell the difference.
1: They'd be all. All oh, they'd be so scared.
0: Yeah, they'd be screaming. Ah! They'd be screaming In the whole time. Yeah, what a ridiculous planet! <laughs> choking on their, cho- they'd be screaming in the dark, choking on their schmuck water. <laughs>
2: The perfect crime. And God
0: forbid there was, like, noise happening at the same time. Yeah, God it would forbid. just be a
2: nightmare. God forbid an old man raise his voice for half a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we find out the doctor's theory on the water. Uh, Cass, can you run this down, this, this water theory that he has? That he's very offended at the idea of calling it a theory. But, yeah, because he's yes. like, well,
1: it's poison. It's not a theory. It's fact. And they're like, okay, yeah. but we've tested the water. And he's just like, you didn't test it properly. So he like yeah. takes over their lab.
0: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there, there's like, they're like, it all comes from the same place. He's like, yes, but there's different districts that it runs through. And depending on where you pick the water up, uh, it would be from a different district, even though it comes from the same central hub. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I, I, okay, I guess that makes sense. And he's like, yeah, you're going to throw this out. Or you're gonna drink label it, and you're gonna it. let me watch. Yeah. And then you're gonna label it. You're gonna start taking care of yourselves and
1: <laughs> you're being organized.
0: Notes. Yeah, you're gonna take notes. And then we find out that the censor take notes with the most beautiful calligraphy <laughs> you've ever seen.
1: In English. In English.
2: <laughs> First district, seventh district. Yeah. <laughs> what I did what I did like about this is uh the doctor was you being kind of a doctor he yeah. was. he was he was solving a medical mystery yeah and he was in a lab and i i, I dug that I, yeah i
0: liked it yeah i like that too i really like the montage too which you pointed out while we were watching it nick
2: yeah we got a montage
0: yeah <laughs> that never happens in classic who you know he setups that word so would have required yeah and in the fact that they still shot the whole episode in a day is bonkers
1: yeah
2: I, yeah, but if I knew how to like put music over stuff, I would for sure put like different songs over that montage.
0: Yeah, what's the one from uh, Breaking Bad? the The really famous one from Breaking Bad. The Crystal, what was it called? Oh yeah, Crystal. Yeah, uh, Crystal Persuasion. or yeah, Crystal Blue Persuasion. Cri- crystal Blue Persuasion. Yeah, <laughs> put that over it. <laughs>
2: uh, or uh, I was gonna say this. Uh, Save it for later from Spider Man Homecoming when he's getting ready for prom. That'd be a fun one. Oh
0: yeah. That's true. Anyway, I like that. Or the underdog. Or the underdog by spoon. spoon.
2: Cobra style. There's a lot of slugs that work. But yeah,
0: cherry pie.
2: <laughs> yeah. <that's what> <laughs> Sorry, Cass. <laughs>
0: uh, so they find out it's District Eight is the is the the poisonous one right yeah is from yeah okay right. also they they bring up the fact they're just like they're like the water's not dangerous only three out of ten sensorites die when they drink it <laughs> and he was like what <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah but it's gotten better since then now it's only two out of ten and I was like man this is a, this is a real uh, right? this is like some coronavirus math that's uh, right? going yeah. on here it's only
1: one percent
0: yeah uh-huh. <laughs> oh man um so yeah the doctor's gonna fix the water uh now that they figured out what district the problem is yeah does this, from. Does
2: this one end and, and then like uh a uh, uh, doctor and ian go underground
0: yeah yeah this is the one that ends with the growl
2: oh yes, yes! this had my favorite maybe my favorite cliffhanger of the serial, which is yeah like scott said this kind of guttural like off-screen growl and then the doctor kind of making this like
0: huh <laughs> yeah. Huh. What is that? That's, what could that be? Oh, very
2: interesting. Hmm. It's like when you hear a firework outside your house at night.
0: Yeah, exactly. The sensorites Part five. Written by Peter R. Newman, directed by Frank Cox, produced by Verity Lambert, script edited by David Whittaker, air date twenty fifth of july nineteen sixty four. Ian and Susan find the doctor on the floor, rumpled but unharmed apart from a ripped jacket. The doctor shares his theory that a sensorite is plotting against them, and that the beast in the aqueduct is poisoning the water supply. A sensorite spy reports to the administrator that the doctor is onto his plot, so the administrator demands the key to the disintegrator, which is begrudgingly given to him. But when he tries to set up the weapon, the second elder snatches the key from the administrator and bends it. An administrator assistant murders the Elder in retaliation, and while initially worried that this may expose their plan, the Administrator has a plan to use his death to their advantage. The Chief Elder receives the Doctor and his friends and gives the Doctor a cloak to replace his ripped-up coat. The Doctor offers his plan to purify the water supply by slaying the monster within the aqueduct. The administrator interrupts to tell the chief elder that the second elder has been killed and uses the assistant's false testimony to frame the doctor for the murder, who says that he clearly saw the doctor take the murder weapon out of his coat. But when Ian cross-examines the assistant, revealing that the doctor's coat has been destroyed, the assistant tries to change his story, but is sent to prison for lying. With the second elder dead, the chief elder will need a replacement, and the doctor suggests the administrator, who is given the second elder sash, making his promotion official. Meanwhile, John is revived and remembers that one of the sensorites is plotting against the humans, but can't remember which one. The only thing he does remember is that the evil sensorite has a collar, to which the doctor realizes belonged to the administrator until very recently. Ian and the doctor leave for the aqueduct to slay the monster, but the administrator has seen to it that they are given a false map and ineffective weapons by the chief elder. Meanwhile, Carol goes looking for the doctor and Ian, but is attacked as she crosses the courtyard. Doctor gets clawed by the monster thing that he can't see because it's too dark. Now who's the one who can't see? Doctor?
1: Yeah, because his flashlight just gets. Does he just like throw his flashlight up in the air? Yeah, something like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he gets clawed, ruins his jacket, which is important um, because later he gets a robe. uh, Which in episode five, he looks like a Hogwarts professor in the robe but in episode oh i
1: like the cloak yeah the
0: cloak but in episode 6 he looks like dracula i think <laughs> um and it's- i don't know what the difference is i think it's him walking around because of his like mm-hmm. his like whole like yeah tie the whole deal yeah the whole deal he's got it like reminds me of like the dracula medallion kind of but when he was sitting he just yeah he
2: looked like a seated hogwarts professor
0: yeah like at dinner <laughs> at the what is that what what is that room the great called hall. the great hall thank you
2: uh what <laughs> Is this Kanan, is this the cloak that he keeps and then wears when he regenerates into Patrick Troughton? Is he wearing a
1: cloak? I think this is, I think this is the cloak that he has for a while. Oh. Because I'm pretty sure he wears a cape in Reign of Terror from like the yeah stills I remember. Ooh. I remember watching that more than I remember watching Yeah, that. I think
0: you're right. I think he does have the cloak in Reign of Terror.
1: I think
2: the doctor should acquire more secondary outfits. Mm-hmm. Like, Finding something, deciding that they like it, and then wearing it throughout their run.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I do like the concept of secondary outfits. Oh yeah. Um, I just that I the uh, you know I think it I think the one that pulled it off the best is um uh Capaldi because it's like random episode to episode. It's like he has like you know a style. Yeah, yeah. He has a style, and he has like seven items. And, like, he does, like, different combinations of those seven items.
2: Jacket, shirt, hoodie.
0: Right. Whereas, and Eccleston does it okay, too, where he has, like, the basic mold and then, like, a different color t-shirt every episode. Um, Yeah. But then, like, 10 is, I feel like, too cut and dry, where it's, like, each season is a different outfit, where it's, like, what made you decide to change your outfit this time? Like, what what changed, buddy? Like, what do you-
1: Doesn't he alternate between the brown and the blue
0: Mm -mm. fairly often? No. No, it's brown. Really? Yeah, it's brown all through season two. It's blue all through season three, and then it's brown with blue stripes all through season four. And then it's what? he goes back to the brown, the basic brown for the specials.
1: I'm like questioning everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he does he does do variations of it in terms of like sometimes he doesn't wear a tie. Um. Okay. But but like or sometimes you never he never he's never in the trench sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But like. In general, that's the, that's the vibe. And then, you know, then you have like Matt Smith who, uh, wore like the exact same thing up to snowmen and then switches outfits into the purple thing after that.
2: I'm not a fan of the purple thing.
0: I'm not crazy about it either. I don't like that. That's the outfit that he regenerated into or or out of, I guess, regenerated out of 12 has to wear it. it Yeah. Well, yeah. And it (laughs) would have been much more fun to see Capaldi in the, in the bow tie and the, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, uh. The jacket i don't know
1: because he has the two different color like he has the maroon and then he has like the blue his right season yeah.
0: yeah 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 right so he alternates between those yeah with the matching stripes on his shirt i think yeah yeah yeah
2: in the haunting of viz or I i remember how much i liked her secondary outfit where it's like a collared shirt with kind of a cool print instead of the rainbow t-shirt
0: oh mm-hmm. yeah i forgot about that one yeah her her outfits don't draw as much attention to themselves which is weird because she's literally wearing a rainbow on her (laughs) chest but for whatever reason it just doesn't um i don't know i feel like i almost feel like her outfit doesn't match the vibe of her show like her her like like 10 you know what i mean you know what i'm saying because
2: we're always talking about how the chibnall run seems very like dry and procedural
0: yeah yeah. But but then in direct she, juxtaposition of that, she looks like a children's show host. Yeah. Yeah. You,
2: you've you likened her to the Fifth Doctor a couple times.
0: Mm-hmm. She has a very similar, I think she has a similar vibe to the Fifth Doctor. More than any other Doctor, I would say. Uh, something
2: else that Hartnell has that I, I, I wish, I hope comes back in the future, uh, is a, a monocle.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the monocle. What is the purpose of a monocle? He's old. No, I know. Oh, oh, oh! oh. I mean, literal purpose. Oh,
2: someone. So I saw someone in a movie do it the other day, and for the first time, I'm like, oh, I get it, because they were looking at it. They're putting it on their eye, and they were looking at it up close, and it's like a way to like look at something, like kind of at a smaller pace when you just have to like.
0: Oh, kind of like, kind of like jewelers with their like big contraption, but like like, maybe this is like a smaller scale version of that.
2: Yeah. I believe so. I've never okay. had to use, I've never used one.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough.
2: I will, though, before I die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that.
1: <laughs> Can you get, like, a prescription monocle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, like, go to the eye doctor and you're well, like, yeah, I only want one of these. What a- would be the
0: point of it if it wasn't prescription? Really, what would be but, the point
1: right? of it? Right?
2: <laughs> 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 or you're just this one is- of those guys who just buys a monocle and just uses <laughs> it, but you don't need one.
1: This is my reading monocle. This <laughs> <laughs> is my reading
2: monocle.
0: That's kind of how he was using it. He was reading something. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's this? So there's this really funny conversation that just like tickled me to no end. So
2: a sensorite is talking to Carol, not Barbara. Yeah. And, and, about
0: mind veils.
2: Yeah. It's like it's like a mind veil.
0: Yeah. It's like a veil in your mind. And then, <laughs> and then Carol is like, oh, like an eyelid. And he's like, or a veil, which I just... <laughs> i just said which and i so just like,
1: freaking said
0: <laughs> yeah and so she uses she she like mentions like here he he already uses like an example of like oh it's like a it's like a veil and she's like oh like an eyelid and it's like why do you have to double down with another example like yes i guess you could have oh, said i could have said yeah a simile that's yeah. the one yep that's it yeah uh he already has a simile he already comes to the table with a simile but his simile isn't good enough i guess because it's fancy um and she needs a biological simile i don't know (laughs) but that old conversation old racist carol just hates everything that the (laughs) censorites. says i can't
1: relate to this even though a veil is just like a piece of fabric let me (laughs) (laughs) right oh you mean like an eyelid (laughs) is this the episode where susan talks about um gallifrey a little bit
2: yeah the burnt orange skies and the silver and the leaves silver
1: trees. yeah i liked that part um because yeah. that's that's the something first...
0: you get you don't get a lot of
1: yeah we don't really get a lot of lore about gallifrey like ever in no because the this early the, stuff the big one
0: that oh like obviously we get um i mean we never even they never say it by name until pertwee um Pertwee is the first person to say Gallifrey, I believe.
1: Um, doesn't Troughton because of how he goes out?
0: No, really. Co- it's it's the Time Lords, but he never says Gallifrey. I don't think. Okay, I think the first appearance of the word Gallifrey is in the Time Warrior, the the really? first Sarah Jane
1: episode the Yeah. Weird.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, so we get. This is like kind of the first instance of like knowing anything about them as aliens, as mm-hmm. you know, beings, I guess. Cause I don't think we hear Time Lord until, um, until that episode, until the, 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 the war games, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's no, the no, first no. time
0: we get, no, we get it before uh, that.
1: What about the monk?
0: Does he mention he's Time Lord or does he say that he's the same thing? he's I don't from the know. same place it's been a really long time yeah because they always kept it super vague and then they start like slowly filling in details yeah but i think i think the first time they say time lord is in the war games and the first time they say gallifrey is in the time warrior
1: we'll find out in like yeah. 20, years, <laughs> 20
2: years what we do hear in this one is susan for sure says like i'm not from earth yeah mm-hmm. like like Barbara and Ian. Right. And she speaks of Gallifrey as if it is her home. So yeah, maybe she's a Shibogan.
0: Which is also cool because this was, again, this was supposed to be the season finale of season one. So it's like they wait until the last episode of season one before they start to like reveal a little bit of details about the doctor and, and Susan, which is cool. <laughs>
1: I, I thought know. it was cool too that like, because there's no like quote unquote official continuity, but like Russell T like kept that detail whenever like Tennant would talk about Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. It's like how the sky is orange and stuff. So I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, that is really cool,
2: and it and it super resonated with me watching this for the first time of hearing Susan talk about it and picturing Gallifrey as I know it, watching you who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was just really cool.
0: Yeah, isn't that um. That was that one dude's job, right? Uh, on uh, dur- specifically during the RTD era, that one dude who was like a big fanboy of Doctor Who, and his job was to like keep track of continuity. Oh, not of not, not who.
1: RTD. It was um, who's the other one? Moffat. No, like the like John Nathan fifth- Turner. Yes, thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like that guy. not john nathan turner but the the fanboy guy
0: yeah his name was like ian something right
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah ian briggs oh no no that's nicholas briggs Nick briggs yeah no yeah that guy sucks but he has found a few stories um that's true uh of of classic who that was lost so you know yeah 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 you take some you lose some i guess i don't know i'm always worried that if doctor who is uh too mean to him he'll just start hoarding them um and then we'll find out that he has like seven lost stories when he dies um which you know i guess would be dope on its own i guess it's just like suddenly we have like seven stories we didn't have before yeah
1: do you remember like when they found those five like what was that like almost a decade ago now or something
0: yeah that was nuts in south america (laughs) yeah it was like south south america or south africa or something like it was that africa south it was africa. africa yeah In like a been like a basement mm-hmm. yeah yeah man anyway so good um
2: does this episode end with carol getting grabbed by us
0: yeah suspect? she does yeah, yeah yeah carol gets got classic barbara move yeah i think is carol in the last episode at all or is she just she just gets got
2: yeah because they rescue her
0: oh right
2: that's right okay
0: the sensorites part six written by Peter R. Newman, directed by Frank Cox, produced by Verity Lambert, script edited by David Whittaker, air date 1st of August, 1964. Carol is forced to write a letter to John and Susan saying that she has gone to the spaceship. When they get the letter, they show it to the chief elder, who says that the letter is obviously forged. They also suspect something has happened to the doctor and Ian, but the chief elder says that they have gone into the aqueducts and did not want to worry their friends. The chief elder suggests that Carol may actually be in the disintegrator room. John goes to investigate and enters as the chief warrior threatens Carol with the disintegrator, but is ultimately disarmed and imprisoned. Suspicious that some of the sensorites may have it out for the humans, it is decided that the doctor may have been given faulty maps and weapons, so it is decided that Barbara and John will go after them. In the aqueduct, the Doctor and Ian are attacked by a human who escapes, leaving behind a badge in the shape of a rocket ship. They follow in pursuit, but are then surrounded by a group of humans who reveal that they are the survivors of the last expedition of the sense sphere. They are taken deeper into the aqueduct, but the Doctor leaves behind a trail for Barbara and John to find and follow. When the Doctor and Ian meet the commander of the human survivors, he confirms that his group has been poisoning the sensorites to wipe them out and harvest their planet. He seems to believe his men are at war with the sensorites. When Barbara and John turn up, the Doctor convinces the men that they are a victory party, celebrating the glorious human victory. Barbara manages to contact the sensorites to position themselves at the mouth of the aqueduct with their weapons, where they seize the human survivors. Later, the first elder has given permission to Matlin to take the astronauts back to Earth where they can receive medical treatment and announces that the administrator has been banished to the outer wastes of the sense sphere for his crimes, never to return. The TARDIS lock has also been replaced and the travelers are free to leave. In the TARDIS, Ian makes a snide comment about never knowing where they are going. This angers the doctor who says that wherever they land next, he is leaving Ian there. yeah the end you can write a letter uh we meet the lost humans though the they're they're all completely insane and they think they're at war with the sensorites the aqueduct folk yeah the aqueduct people the the aquabats yeah (laughs) (laughs) doctor who and the aquabats (laughs) i thought Uh, it was
1: um as far as like this episode goes like the resolution is really really quick yeah, um, and I was like, "Why did this need to be six episodes
0: long? <laughs> why, why did this need to be six episodes? If you weren't going to stretch this part out longer, like yeah. it's crazy that the humans show up in the very last episode, just like, like the last real. Oh yeah, there's also there, there's crazy hobo humans, like, subterranean yeah. humans. <laughs> in the, there's crazy Aquabats. <laughs> um, what do they
2: call them in the X Men? The weird X Men that live underground.
0: More Morlocks. Morlocks. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, um, They uh, they all make wooden stakes and try to kill the sensorites like they're Dracula's. Um,
2: there's a great episode, there's a great moment where a sensorite is like, put, drop your weapons, and s- the guy just drops his wooden stake and it makes the most wooden sound I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> they both kind of just like, like shrug like they were just caught and then like drop it. Like, yeah, oh well, and they're like fat stakes too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, just like these big fat oh, wooden stakes, because it was stakes. directed
2: by a hammer guy. Uh uh, uh written by Hammer a Horror guy. Yeah, <laughs> the script. They have to be super big sticks. Yeah,
0: the <laughs> thicker the better. Christopher Lee killing stakes. Uh, little 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 <laughs> known fact: uh, the writer of this episode, the first person to uh, spell thick with two C's. <laughs> um, <laughs> a prophet. A prophet. <laughs> he wanted some thick stakes.
1: <laughs> what else did this guy write?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's check this guy out. I wonder um, if
1: I like any of the other ones.
0: <laughs> let's in, let's investigate Peter R. Newman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it end, yeah, it ends
2: on a pretty now. leisurely note. Like the doctor solves the sensorites' problems. Yeah, it's all pretty
0: chill. Wow, this dude was a hunk. Oh yeah, yeah, he's pretty good-looking dude actually. Oh dang. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: let me see here. So he wrote. Uh just the censor rights for Doctor Who. Oh. Um and then he wrote it says a movie called Yesterday's Enemy and a movie called The Savage Guns. Mm. And that's it. End of list. So okay. he never wrote again after The rights. Well at
2: least he went on a high note.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What was it? Um. I guess he was. Uh. Was he older? Twenty six to seventy five. I guess he was forty nine when he died. Forty eight. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess that's probably partially why I imagine. Yeah. It looks like he only worked for about like six years. That's huh. crazy. Yeah. Yesterday's enemy is a hammer horror thing in World War II during the Japanese invasion of Burma. The lost remnant of a British Army Brigade HQ led by the ruthless Captain Alan Langford escape through the jungle toward the British lines.
2: Oh. I bet Quentin Tarantino's seen it.
0: Yep. Yeah, it looks like it looks like uh yeah, it's like a like a trashy uh hammer war movie, it looks like. That's cool. I don't know Hammer made war pictures. Um and then the Savage Guns in Sonora. In a lonely valley near the border of Arizona, Ex-Major Summer tries to forget about the horrors of the War of Independence on his farm. He has forsworn to violence. Wait, what? Yeah. He was in the the War of Independence? I guess. Um, I guess that makes sense. Uh Oh, uh, a former major. Okay, here's a better one. <laughs> uh, Mike Summers, a former major in the Confederate Army who, sickened by the slaughter he has seen, settles down to what he ho- hopes will be a life of peace in a Mexico Valley not far from the Arizona border, vowing never again to draw his gun against his fellow man. He soon finds his pacifist principles tested when a gang of bandits takes over the valley. So it's like unforgiven. Mm. But like. Like like 40 years before Unforgiven.
2: Remember A Town Called Mercy?
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Mer- A Town Called Mercy. Oh, right. Yeah. The Western one. Yeah, Western that's right.
1: Western Doctor Who episode. Western
0: Doctor Who. Um. Hmm.
2: He also goes to Arizona. Does he go to Arizona in Day of the Moon?
0: De- uh, is that Arizona or- that he goes to or Nevada? Uh, Utah. Nevada? Utah. Utah. Wow. Oh, right. Because it's the, the famous mountain cliff mm. things. Utah. Right. Utah Utah Um I'd like that the episode
2: ends with Ian kind of jokingly being like so the doctor's like oh they, oh yeah so like uh John and Carol like finally get to go home on their spaceship and the uh, doctor's like well there they go and like oh they going to be okay grandfather he's like no well at least well, they know where they're going and Ian's like huh, must be nice and the doctor is so offended so mad <laughs> he threatens to kick Ian off the TARDIS and then the episode
0: ends yeah you son of a bitch get out (laughs) just decks him (laughs) what if it just ended ended with the first doctor just decking Ian why are you
1: (laughs) (laughs) the the best part about it about Ian insulting the doctor and the doctor being like I'm gonna land this thing shove you out the door and take off again is like that's the season finale
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's when he decided <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do when you least expect it?
0: Oh man. Yeah. Wow. Uh
2: I like Petty Doctor. I like Petty Long Game Doctor.
0: Yeah. So what did we what did we think ultimately about the Sensorites? I loved the Sensorites. The 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 aliens? Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. Um I I think it would have been fun if they would have leaned more into the politics of the of the censorites and like really got into the nitty gritty of just like I don't know like censorites rolling up their sleeves and doing work I don't know I I I I just I always like aliens doing like menial tasks I just find like it just like menial like just like everyday culture of like oh yeah. Like, I don't know, there was like bits of this that I liked in terms of um, the sort of like inner politics between them and like the little cattiness between the certain sensorites or the censorite that like tries to say that the doctor murdered someone and is like lying yeah, yeah. about it. Like all of that stuff was really good. I like that stuff. Um, but it could have been four episodes easily. Uh, I feel like Doctor Who, Classic Who has a bad habit of not knowing what stories require four episodes versus six episodes or more sometimes
1: i think rarely does it need more than four right but i don't know this one uh was really boring it was was really boring to watch yeah (laughs) even though i'd like i felt like i'd never seen it before so i was like oh this is kind of unfamiliar but all at the same time it felt really familiar because i felt like i'd seen it a bunch of times done way better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Even the, like the, the part in the episode where it was revealed that the first administrator was like, I don't trust those. Yeah. You're in every doctor who story. Mm -hmm. There's always like one kind of the thing that they meet. That's like
0: duplicitous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also thought it was going to be different because it's like, okay, we're just exploring this one culture and we're not stuck in the middle of like a war between two factions. (laughs) Um and then the humans show up in the aqueducts, the Aquabats. <laughs> uh, they show up and I'm like, oh, so we're it. This literally is just a Doctor Who story we've seen a billion times, mm-hmm. um, or will see a billion times. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's true. That character that you're referring to, uh, that sort of like archetyped. Have we gotten much of that in the in uh, the Hartnell era at this point? Marco Polo
2: guy. Here's your water, Marco Polo. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Well, but did he hate them or did he? Hey, he Marco hated Polo. Marco Polo. Okay, that's right? True. That's yeah, true. right. Yeah. Right. And they yeah. were just getting in the way of his like plan. His already the, the 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 same thing in the Aztecs with the with the religious guy. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Um, he had plans, and then they show up and like ruin his plans, like find El Dorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas this guy didn't have any plans. He just don't hey. don't like them humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw these guys. And it
2: made sense when you found out that they were at war with them.
0: Right. Fake war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> war caused by them like melting their brains, I think, and not letting them <laughs> leave, right? Wasn't that the...
1: Well, like the whole, the whole thing was with like the humans in the caves. Is like they, they thought they were at war and then like they were just poisoning the sensorites and the sensorites were like minding their business.
0: Oh. Okay. How did they get there, though?
1: How did who get there?
0: The humans, the Aquabats.
1: They were there 10 years ago, and then the ship exploded because two of them left, and then the three of them got left behind. And that's what
2: poisoned the sensorites was the radiation.
1: No, they they were like, oh, we're at war with them, so we're going to poison their water. So like they were busy committing war crimes for a war that didn't exist.
0: Okay. I feel like there was a more simple way for them to like have all of these pieces right come together a little right? bit more. <laughs> yeah, because like, why couldn't those humans just be humans that the censorites were like, hey, you can't go anywhere because of the go- the gold, and they're like, oh man, and then they just like go crazy like John and then start to think they're at war with the censorites.
1: I don't know. They were right? just there. They just. I feel they like that would have tied
0: things together a little bit cleaner. Yeah, I don't know
1: because they were the they were part of the first party of humans that the sensorites ever met um,
0: oh the ones that like stole the gold stuff they the, wanted the,
1: to yeah and then the like,
0: unobtainium yeah <laughs> two of
1: them were just like oh this isn't a bad idea and then their ship exploded and then the three of them were left and they're just like we want the gold or whatever
0: what are they gonna do with it when they get it they can't go anywhere
1: I don't know they're, they're stupid humans they're aquabats Scott
0: yeah you know what I'm on the administrator side he was right mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: these white men are dangerous
0: <laughs> if we've learned nothing else <laughs> these, white men are these white men are dangerous um so uh if you want a, a t-shirt that says these white men are dangerous in the doctor who font
1: oh my god
0: on <laughs> t public <laughs> uh but no but really we do have a t public store at com slash merch uh i just posted like a bunch of new designs uh they're like Based on credits from movies, um, specifically movies that that dueling genre is covered in the movies by minute format. Though I have been thinking about maybe trying to recreate credits from Doctor Who. Oh, eras. that'd
1: be sick. Like written Which by Russ cool. T. Davies or like written. Yeah, by yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and kinda... James Corden. Yeah, and James Corden <laughs> as Craig. Craig. Um uh, uh, maybe not that one, but uh, but yeah, like maybe like David Tennant, like in the font from his era, um, or or like, like you said, like either written by or like executive produced by, um, though a written by Neil Gaiman would be cool. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about doing something like that. If that's something you guys would be interested in, let me know, uh, because, um, it does take some finagling to like get the fonts together and get it to look exactly like the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, takes uh more work than you would think um but uh i had a lot of fun making all of the credit shirts that we have currently and i'm always wanting to find a way to do some dr who merch um that is like original to our show so uh let me know if that's something you would be interested in um and what credit specifically you might be interested in um but uh yeah that's doing genre.com slash merch go check that out it's our t public store if you go through our link Anything you buy at TeePublic in or out of our shop, we get a cut of. um, But if you go through our link, it takes you directly to our shop. And then we get um, even more money when you get, you know, one of our designs. But um, if you're going to order anything through TeePublic, you should use our link because it helps us out a lot and doesn't take anything away from the artist that you're buying your designs from. Um, So, for example, when you go through our link and you order something from our store, we get an affiliate uh, amount of money and also an amount of money because we designed the shirt. Oh,
1: nice. Um,
0: Yeah. So we get like a double fee, which is pretty cool. Um, So in any event, it's really helpful. Um, It's just like, it's like a little like extra money for us, um, but it really does, uh, uh, you know, help us. Um, We usually like buy like, you know, something that we've been needing for like research or... Uh, maybe like a microphone or something like that. Um, So it is really helpful. That's DuelingGenre.com slash merch. Check that out. And uh, we'll be back next time with the second Doctor and Tomb of the Cybermen. I'm hyped. I am hyped. Nick's hyped too. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm
2: excited to watch a not restoration.
0: Yeah oh yeah that's true it's a it's it's a non-restored it's an existing second doctor story which they those are few and far between Mm -hmm. so because of the fire yeah and it's great well no not because of the fire because they just taped over them okay yeah (laughs) um they just didn't save them because they were like no one would ever want to watch this again let's just tape over it right yeah it's really cool um excited bbc great uh so yeah tomb of the cybermen we'll talk to you next time bye everybody Bye. bye